been speaking lies I've been chasing demons That make my mother cry I've been drinking poison And I've been cursing God Quick to place the blame on And slow to admit my wrongs But you made a Welcome back to Bear Tone Podcast. Today on the show, we have Old Bear artist Ian Zumbach. Ian is someone who has put a lot into Old Bear. Um, so we Skyped him up and we got talking and talked about all sorts of things. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Ian Zumbach and thank you for listening. I've been hunting dragons, but this ain't a fairy tale. Stuck inside delusions that I wish weren't so how was your day it's been it's been interesting i mean i i uh spent a good couple of hours with susan and jonah today it's been a kind of a weird week uh i had a, a driver uh run a red light on monday on me and uh totaled the front of my total the front of the car uh this week so oh, no, which has been no like way. working with the insurance companies and and uh, kind of like working through that to just make sure I can stay working, you know, with uh, with a rental car. And, you know, it's nobody was hurt, thankfully. You know, if it was like two seconds earlier, the guy the guy that ran a red light was driving a Ford Expedition. So he he was going about 45 miles an hour. So if you hit me in the like the driver's side door, yeah. it would have it would have really it could have really been a problem but but it was just a vehicle um but man i'm not i'm not uh losing faith or losing heart in fact right before that happened you know and there was a bunch of other stuff that preceded that event that like just seemed like that was a culmination of 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 events of the week but i was reading galatians 6 9 that that talks about um don't grow weary and well-doing and don't give up mm-hmm. you know and so i was just like praying through that and you know, and just uh, just praying blessing over my wife and over, you know, the stuff that we've been walking through with her and mm. and uh, just just all that kind of stuff. And and um, I was actually literally I was pulling off the exit to to like write like a little like positive Facebook post about that scripture. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh. And when I did, <laughs> I got creamed. <laughs> oh no! Jeez. So, but I'm sorry, that sucks. Yeah, man, it's you know, it's it's to me at this point, it's been more of an it's it's a confirmation. You know, it makes me want to push back more. It makes me want to. It makes me want to bless my family more. It makes me want to minister more. It makes me want to just fight back. You know, mm-hmm. so it gets it. It felt personal, and I think that's actually a good thing for me because it kind of puts fire in my fire in my gut it makes me pray more and minister harder mm. so. i think one of the things that i was listening to um in preparation for for today or for this time like just the idea behind the table and um the record starts off with your dad is that right so maybe just kind yeah. of explain a little bit about about like the voice 
mail or the voice messaging uh, theme throughout the <clears throat> the project, but particularly the start of the record being so um, almost uh, like hopeless, <laughs> but yet <clears throat> there's a glimmer of hope in there, obviously. So maybe just talk a little bit like who is it and what, what, what does it mean to you? Sure. So the very first thing that anybody will hear on the album is it is my dad. And um, a little bit of backstory is is that he was he was facing some pretty uh, troubling circumstances in his life. And and when he called um, or when we spoke preceding that, we had already started to gather voicemails for the album. Uh, we had a voicemail from my son that sets up brother to brother. And had a voicemail from my wife that's included in Song of Songs. But um, when we decided to put "Down in My Soul" on the album as a as a actually as an opener, the circumstances that my dad was facing and and um, the stuff that was going on with him, I found as a as a ministry leader and celebrate recovery back in New York that one of the most powerful things that you could do in and helping people feel that they weren't the only people in the world that were experiencing difficulties or troubles was just admitting to the troubles and the difficulties and the struggles that you had. And to me, there's, there's a component to the gospel that there has to be an element of, of, uh, difficulty and i mean and particularly you know the the weight of sin the hopelessness of of sin the hopelessness of life without christ sets up the the hope that we have in christ and um with the type and the style of album that we wrote and the songs that were on it i felt it would be um it would lend itself to invite people and disarm people and 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 help people feel connected to um, the emotions of, diff of going through difficult times by having that voicemail on there. So my dad and I talked and we prayed about him calling and leaving me a voicemail and just saying where he was at at that moment, what was going on with him, and not even having to say what he feel or would feel like he'd need to say or compelled to say as the right churchy Christian thing to say. But just literally just sharing from his heart where he was at. I feel like I'm being beat down all the time. And I know there's different seasons in life, but it just seems like lately, all the seasons in my life uh, lately are just bad. Just bad and challenging. And I could just use a little bit of help and, uh, and for life to be good to me. And. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what to say. It's just been tough lately. I've been down, down in my soul, and I've been down by the side of the road, waiting for someone to lend a hand to help me out of this state I'm in. Well, it's personal too. Like everybody knows what it's like to receive a voicemail from someone they love. So it's like, especially when you know that it's your dad, it's like it's it's powerful. Yeah, it really is. And we were really, I was really prayerful about it with him too, because I didn't want to exploit his pain either, you know, because he was going through some pretty rough stuff. 
And so I didn't want to like go ahead and just create a good sound bite for the sake of having something cool on the album. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that, that he felt comfortable with it and he felt that his participation and, and sharing that voicemail would be something that would help others. And, and he really felt that way. He really felt that like he, he could, he could use his pain was not going to be wasted if he shared it. And, and one of the cool things about that was, um, so I drive, I drive Uber part-time and, and shortly after the album came out, I was driving uh, a young lady and, and she started opening up about her, her life and and some of the, the struggles that she has. And she grew up in the church and, and, and had some unfortunate circumstances happen. Um, and, and she was dealing with a lot of anxiety and a lot of, um, a lot of things that kept her out of the church for a lot of years. And, um, and I started to explain to her about my dad's voicemail on the album and that particular song and why we, why we put it on there and what we hope to achieve through that song and helping other people feel like they weren't the only people in the world that felt despair. And, um, and so she accepted the CD that I gave to her and I got a, a message on Facebook the next day that said, just wanted to reach out to you and, and, and say thanks so much for sharing this CD with me. I must have listened to that song five times last night and it just helped me not feel like I was totally alone in the world at that moment. So I feel like what my dad did by, by, by sharing that actually achieved what we had hoped it would. And if, if it was just for her, then, 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 then we won. That was a win for the kingdom. did you get connected with old bear how did that whole story i mean both of you are here so how did that whole story unfold yeah so so weston was the um he was the he was kind of the connector um because he had come down to nashville and he was writing music and he and i and and a friend of mine joel russo got together with him and co-wrote a song called out of the wreckage which he went up to old bear studios and recorded and and I had no idea that he was going to take that particular song and record it with you guys. And then he did. And, and I was hearing bits and pieces of it as it was going through the production, um, like post-production phase. And I was, I was like really, really excited about it. And, uh, and, and so myself and, uh, and Jessica Crawford and, uh, and, and Weston did, did uh, a few shows together. And while we were there, he started saying, Hey, you know what? I got to introduce you to, to the guys. They're just amazing. Just have a fresh view of Christian music. And I just think you guys would really, really hit it off. And so Weston put me in contact with Chris and, um, and Chris and I probably spent about two hours talking one day and it just, everything that we were saying and sharing, it just resonated very deeply with me. And he, and he provided the initial introduction or I'm sorry, provided the initial invitation to come up to Old Bear and stop through on one of my tour runs to the Northeast. And so I stopped in and, uh, and, and they played some of Weston's project for me. And, um, 
right off the bat, I was like, this is incredible. You know, I think they played Creation Will Sing Your Song. And when I did, I was like, man, this is like, it's a Flaming Lips was a was a worship <laughs> band. Oh, yeah. This is what it would sound like. And and then we wrote The Table that day. Yeah, and, wow. and, and, I, and I remember just sitting in that room with both of them thinking this is this is home this is this is where i'm supposed to be and this is the community i'm supposed to be with and and these guys are like long lost friends and brothers and i know that this is something happened there was an inception that there was a conception of something bigger than 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 i could have anticipated i think uh in that moment but i knew it was going to take us on a journey of, of friendship and and uh vision and and uh, music um, for years to come. It's cool. It's also the first project that Old Bear has had uh, since we opened our doors that's charted on Billboard. So that's been a cool achievement for us. I think just stars aligning and, and yeah. people believing in the process of what we're trying to do, with to, which is just to be honest and open and vulnerable about where we're at. And I think people resonate with that stuff. And so... That, How about you run us through that day, Ian? Yeah, man. What was that like? Yeah. I, well, honestly, I thought it was a prank from my best friend, Matt, actually, because he works in <laughs> um, he works in like uh, 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 for a merch company and he's a really funny guy. And and I thought he just like literally drafted like a fake um, email to send to me. And it's <laughs> <laughs> funny. <laughs> but when we started emailing back, we, we realized like within about, you know, 24 hours that it was it was legitimate and and it was um you know honestly it felt to me it felt like one of those moments where when we were writing and i, I don't say this boastfully or, or or pridefully but when we were writing the album when we were recording it it just felt like there was something special about it you know all mm. throughout the process the the um the community that was around it um the the songs and uh and the style of the style of writing and just there were so many things that felt right about the album that and and furthermore it was uh it was an album that's very different than than anything else that was that was out in uh modern contemporary christian music and and i felt like in a way because i have such love for the old bear community that i felt like i wanted to be one of those pieces that god would use to put old bear on the map, you know, and, 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 and get the name out there and, 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 and show Nashville in a way that, that, um, it doesn't just have to be the Nashville sound, you know, that people are being fed on commercial radio. There's a, there's something else out there. There's a different yeah. style of, of Christian expression and music that it doesn't have to fit the radio format, but that, but that people might want to hear a depth of lyrical content and doesn't have to, you know, be that, be the normal stuff. It can go beyond the depth, beyond the shallows and head for the depths. And, and so it was very, um, uh, it just felt very affirming, you know, to see yeah. the kind of response and the types of sales and, and the type of critical acclaim that that album received because it, 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 it showed, it showed us what we felt all along that like, we don't have to spoon feed, sugar to people the people actually want something deeper something with with a rich theology and with experimental expression on a on an aesthetic side musically so so it was it was awesome 
I, I think I'm glad it wasn't a prank, by the way. Right. That would have been yeah, terrible. Me too. What a it terrible that's a rough prank. What kind of friends <laughs> you hang out with, Ian? <laughs> uh, Matt's a great guy, but um He he is. He can he be is. he can be a real jerk too. He's a <laughs> he's a real practical he's a real practical joker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I just had one yeah. I had one thought I had when you said earlier about talked about Uber. I was just wondering if you had any like interesting like crazy or interesting stories from Uber. I always like asking Uber drivers that, like things that stand out that uh just I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. Man. <laughs> I've got quite a few, man. I, I've actually <laughs> so I've done it for a year and a half and I've I've literally completed and it's part time. I've completed five thousand rides in a year and a half or two years. Wow. That's amazing. Which which it is. I mean it's a lot and um that's for crazy. me, for me, for me, I've, I've, I've seen it as a ministry too. And mm. actually it's, I, I have a hard time just like deriving inspiration from nothing. I feel like I need like life experience to drive musical inspiration. Mm. And so in a lot of ways doing Uber has been a way for me to get out to the, to the public and into the marketplace and, and, and be inspired by people's stories and, 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 and coming into contact with people and how the gospel might serve them you know and, and and so so in a lot of ways it's it's sort of a muse for me um yeah. but it's also an opportunity to minister to people um but there's some pretty interesting uh i've i've, I've gotten to drive um some different like celebrities and stuff a few times oh, no and way. that's been yeah that's that's been interesting um like the other night i drove rick rick from cheap trick to his concert that was kind of no way. that was really yeah that that's was really awesome funny. and you know he was like um he he didn't break character at all the whole time like he got in the car and i knew who he was right away and uh and we started driving he's talking and he goes hey you know you know who i am right <laughs> i said yeah i said yeah you're you're rick from cheap trick and he goes yeah yeah so you've heard of us i was like yeah you know actually when i was like nine years old I saw you at a guitar clinic. Um, no. And, Is he the guy that like, has like all the checkered stuff usually? Same dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. He's like, same guy. Checkerboard shirts and guitars. And yeah. Is that a gimmick or was he really wearing a checkered suit or something? Oh, it's like his um, thing. Yeah. It's his thing. Wow. It's totally. He wears like these like checkered Chuck Taylors and he's got a checkered guitar and he wears this like checkered baseball cap. Um, so yeah, he was, uh, he basically, he told me he was just not a good guitar player, and I agreed with him. Actually, I said, "Yeah, you weren't really good, but you're, um, but you had really cool guitars." And so he was like, "Yeah." He's like, "But here, here, and he gives me a card, and it's like to his like Chicago um, like pizza joint, and he says, "Yeah, that number on down there, don't, don't, don't try to reach me on that number because you're not going to get me. Um, but come have my, come have my pizza." <laughs> well, it's pretty, pretty underwhelming experience, but bless you, you know. That's funny. I, I love hearing, uh, like, really famous people say they're not good at their instruments. I heard the guy, the guitar player from Deftones, in, in an interview, he said that he's like, "No, I'm really not good at guitar. I know, like, I'll just play like the top string, and then that's pretty much it." Yeah, that's really right. funny. It's, any any scary any scary moments? Any scary ones? Yeah. Sorry, I know I'm taking up a lot of time. No, you're fine. I'm just I'm like, I get interested with Uber stuff. Yeah. I've only taken okay. an Uber three well, times. 
Okay. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you the one that was like really, really kind of freaky, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not going to try to get all weird on people, but you know, I guess, you know, in Ephesians, it does say in Ephesians that, um, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities and, uh, dominion and heavenly places. So there's this acknowledgement in the scriptures of, of, of the demonic realm. And, um, I think in, uh, you know, it's, it's in some, some churches don't talk about it, you know, or it feels like it's kind of weird to talk about the supernatural, but let's face it. I mean, the Christian religion is a supernatural faith. You know, we're, we're, we're renewed and recreated by the spirit of God. That sounds pretty supernatural to me. Um, and I was driving a guy one night and, uh, I got a call and I was actually finishing for the night and I got one last call and I was like, well, it's right nearby. Maybe I'll take it. So I pulled up and I had like, I didn't have a piece in in my spirit about it at all to begin with. So I should have really listened to that, but I did it anyway. And so I went, I I pulled up and uh, there's a guy who comes out and it's mind you, it's 1am and uh, it's in this remote area of Nashville called like Bellevue. And, um, and he comes out and he's wearing sunglasses and he's probably about six foot two, pretty muscular guy. Right. And, And he gets in the car and I could smell, you know, he's maybe a little, little bit of alcohol in his breath. Um, and he had these bloody knuckles, right? And I'm like, this is not Come a good on. situation. Come <laughs> on. Seriously. Right. And, and so. Red um, flag right there. Yeah. That's a red flag. A you red don't flag, and right? you don't ever let anybody in with bloody knuckles. No, never. It's not a good thing. <laughs> Been there, done that. Turn many people away. <laughs> and I hope my mom or dad don't hear this because they'll like they will probably tell me I can't drive for Uber. Even though I'm going to be 40, they'll probably like <laughs> ground me from, from driving again. We told you about people with bloody knuckles, Ian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. All right, so this guy gets into your car. He gets into the car, and uh, and I always go through a, a, a process where I make sure I, I've got their name and I've got their destination correct. Yeah. And so I ask him his name. He's like, that's not my name. My name is this. But, but the name is the guy who ordered the Uber for me. I said, okay, well, here's the address that I have that we're going to. And and uh, and he says, let me call him and make sure that that's it. So he calls the guy. The guy says, yeah, that's the address. So I start the ride, and uh, and and he's got this like like real kind of man. It was just like a dark presence about him, you know. And we start driving, and he says, uh, why don't you play your music? And I said, um, well. I can play my music if you want to hear music. And it was right when Ryan Clare's album came out. I said, I'm just going to tell you in advance that uh, this is a friend of mine and this is music about, you know, it's, it's more like religiously inspired music about Jesus. Are you are you comfortable with me playing that? You yeah. know, because I felt like I should at least let him know. Right, um, right. Not because I was ashamed of it, but just, you know. So he goes, so you're talking about the book of life. And I said, well, um, yeah, the Bible is called the book of life. He starts like almost like riddling, like, like, like giving me like riddles about scripture. Almost like when, almost like when the end, when, when, when it talks about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness and how, and how the devil was like, like using scripture to try to like trick him and stuff and how he had to go back and say, well, it is written. Well, I was like engaged in that kind of like back and forth with this guy for like literally like 10 minutes. And, and it just kept on getting weirder and weirder. And like literally like the 
hairs on my arms were like standing up and I started like praying as I'm driving because I'm like Jeez. god I need to get this guy out of my car I know at this point that there's that there's some sort of like malicious and malevolent like you could feel it you could feel the hatred in the in, in the car like directed towards me and and I don't mean to sound weird but I mean it's just it's just the truth the truth of it and so he starts explaining to me that like where we're going there's uh there's like all these you know souls that are trapped around this house and you know and it's just where I'm taking him and I'm like okay this is ridiculous <laughs> and so and so so I say but you're still having like this like inner moral conflict like maybe I should just like eke it out for another 15 minutes and get into where he's going and just be done with it and take your money but but I said okay lord you know what and this while while we're driving I say if this is about to go bad and this is some sort of crazy demonic assignment on my life then I need you to provide me an out right now and as soon as I prayed that in my in, in my in my mind he he says take this exit over here and it's like like literally like 100 feet away so I turn off the exit and as soon as I turn off the exit there's a gas station right there so I pull right into the gas station I say sir I feel unsafe you're going to have to leave my car and so he he goes you're not you can't do that it's it's you cannot do that. I had to like stand in the authority of Christ in that moment and say, no, I actually do have, I have authority here and I have, I have the right to ask you to leave this car because this is my car. And, but in my mind, I'm thinking this is, this is actually the Lord's vehicle. The Lord has jurisdiction here. He has jurisdiction over my life. His blood covers me and, and you're getting out. So, so we went back and forth for about a minute and, and he finally left the car. And uh, dude gave me a one star rating, which really stunk because up to that point I had you know like a <laughs> a really good rating on my on my Uber, but it was worth it, you know. So that was a it was a weird story, you know. Some people will be like, oh, he was just drunk, but you know when you're in the presence of of real evil, it's it's hard to deny mm. what you're up against. And so and so, um, I was glad we ended that ride when we did. I was reading something that you said about the table, um, just to sort of to kind of wrap up this piece. Was you said um, I've been tagging some of the promotional materials on social media with the phrase "All are invited," and that to me is the overall message of the album. You're invited to come and interact with this beautiful gospel at the, at a table set in a creative album context. Jesus had intimate encounters with people while sharing a meal, and he taught his disciples. He befriended sinners. We've set a table, too, as servants, expecting those that come and sit through this intimate and safe listening experience to interact with this Jesus who we pray shows up to meet the listener with every play of the record. That's the message. You're invited to find what you need through the provisions set at the table of God, which I think is... Mm kind of sums it up because I, I think the thing that about the table for me is that it's not a it's not a not all the stories are really happy I mean there's struggle and I like that that's the thing about about the record I like is the struggle that we all face and that we all have in life and 
but that God makes us a seat at the table. Like he gives us um, a place to come and be restored and be kind of refreshed and renewed. And and so uh, it really set a trajectory for us at Old Bear that um, has been really, we've been, we've really had the pleasure of serving and being part of that project. And I think sonically, um, it made some waves for us too, and just kind of paved mm. the road for things that that came after it, and are still like we're still working on. So, um, but listen, man, we got to get we got to get to something that I think is important, which is what okay. would you say? Not that other things aren't, but what would you say? And this this you know this can be anything because believe it or not, Ian has like a hardcore. He was really into hardcore music in I the love past. It. But then you kind of you're like into this like folk thing, right? This is what you do today. But I'd imagine that some of your influences. What are some of the top five influences that you can say? Whether it was from yesterday, you just heard something, or from when you were a teenager that really shaped you musically. I guess it doesn't have to be five, but maybe just you know whatever you're thinking there off the top of your head. Mm. Okay. Um, so musically, yeah. cheap trick or just. Jeep trick. Jeep trick, right? Start Jeep with trick. that one. Number one. Bloody Knuckles, number two. <laughs> well, you know, I guess I feel like I have like a, a, BC, a BC and a and a and an AD, obviously, of uh, you know of of like what inspired me musically and what inspired me. And I find, truthfully, I find I'm more inspired by life and personalities and stories than actually even music musicians, you know? Mm. Um, so I guess if I, if I had to like, uh, really, really, there's a few things that come to mind actually. And they might sound, it might sound kind of weird, but I'm just going to give it a roll. Is that, is that cool? Do it. Yeah. Okay. So one, one Paul, the apostle. What if we would have, what if we would have said no? Yeah, it's like, it's like well, nah, nah, actually, actually, never yeah. mind. Yeah, just forget it. <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll I'll, uh, I'll, I'll segment it into, into two things. I'll give you five like musical inspirations, and I'll just give you like five inspirations in general. Is right. that cool? Yes, yeah, right. great, man. All right. So so for so for five musical inspirations, I would definitely say uh, on the Christian side, Matt Redman was was probably the the biggest inspiration. The reason why was because when I when I started in Christian music, it was just private in my in my home, and was just out doing uh, serving on praise and worship teams. And I had an opportunity to go um, to go lead worship at like a homeless shelter um, like benefit thing, and um, and I was just going to do cover songs, and I ended up seeing Matt Redman lead worship just before 10,000 Reasons came out at a Joyce Meyer conference. And it was so inspirational to me because I thought to myself, well, there had to be at some point in time where he went and he shared his original music. And so two days later, I went and I did that homeless shelter event, but I ended up sharing all original music because I was inspired by that that time of, of worship with Matt Redman. So he's definitely, a, was, a, was a huge influence and inspiration. Um, I would say um, Radiohead's OK Computer album was was like mind blowing to me. Yeah, it's a um, killer record. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that was 
I had I had a really good friend. Uh, his name was well, we called him Grubby Mike, and he used to um, he used to be the doorman at a place called the QE2 in Albany, and we became really close friends through the years. And you know, every every Friday or Saturday, I'd be at a, at a, at another hardcore show, and and uh, and we would talk and we 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 catch up on things. And I remember him saying, he's like, man, you got to hear this Radiohead album. It's like amazing. And up to that point, I had only heard Creep. And so I thought, um, man, how can they be that great? Because that song's not really that great. But then I heard the album and it totally changed my view of what you can do experimentally, but still have accessibility to to like something that's interesting. You know, so it wasn't like so far out of the spectrum that it felt like Frank Zappa. It felt like it was like something that was like accessible. I could follow it, but musically and sonically, it was like unlike anything I'd ever heard. Totally. Um, there was an album by a band called the bad brains, um, that were like one of the first like hardcore bands ever. And they're based in DC and they had a live album called the youth are getting restless. And it's probably my favorite hardcore album of all time. Mm. Um, and I still actually, on some level, I, I still look back on some of some of the hardcore music, um, not to derive inspiration like like from a like like a sonic standpoint or like style standpoint, but just the raw expression of what they do. And that that album That's... is so intense, so intense and so raw, so much energy. I mean, I'd be hard. I've seen them live, and and they're still one of the five greatest bands I've ever seen live because they were just the rawness and the musicality of that group was just amazing. Hmm. Um, um, so that would be three. Uh, Jeff Buckley's Grace album to me was was really inspirational and influential because he's just so vulnerable and so raw in that recording. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really beautiful and it was the first time I'd heard a guy like you know, really get like really sensitive and like open, you know, on an album, which, you know, which is for guys, it's kind of a hard thing to do, you know, um, you know, even to, 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 to listen to it, you know, cause it feels so intimate, but, but it proved to me that you could make something beautiful and something vulnerable and, and who cares, who cares what people are going to say, you know, you know, whether they're going to call you too sensitive or wimpy or wussy or whatever, you know, I think without that album, you wouldn't have have had like the, the emo movement or bands like Dashboard Confessional and that kind of thing without Jeff Buckley's album. Um, and then I would say um, for fifth fifth album, it was inspiring. Uh, and I got to I guess I, I've uh, I've got to go with Zeppelin three because um it, it, my dad fed me a really steady diet of Zeppelin when I was a kid. And, um, Eddie C. And Eddie Z, he did. <laughs> and, you know, I'm grateful for it because it, I'm a riff guy. I love riffs. Um, uh, but um, I guess looking back, you know, it was very well-intentioned, but it's questionable, you know, when you're playing your eight-year-old son Zeppelin 2. <laughs> Zeppelin two. <laughs> but I appreciate it for it because it whet my appetite for, yeah. like, for like like really cool musical stuff so i just want to preface i guess i can't preface it because i've already said all of it none of this stuff that i'm saying about these albums are like technically like i would not endorse like zeppelin three like as like uh an album that you should go out and get musically it's amazing but you know i'm, I'm very very 
honestly, I think, you know, where, where they were at personally as people, they were, they were depraved individuals. Honestly, they wrote great music, but you know, it's not an endorsement for these guys, you know, sure. but it, it's, it, it still influenced me a great deal. And I'm sure there's something in my musical DNA that derives inspiration from those, those things still. Tell us a little bit about what you're, I mean, you're very invested in Old Bear Records, but but particularly, um, we're launching a new thing uh, fairly soon. Do you want to tell some of our podcast listeners about what's going on? Would love to. So we're we're launching a, a basically monthly video episode uh, or video series called The Ripple Effect. And what the ripple effect is, is, is something that we're, we're, we're trying to inspire others to, to prioritize their influence over industry. When I came to Nashville, I felt like things are so industry inclined that it's easy to forget about the ministry behind it. And, and because you're feeding into a machine to keep things going, I understand people people rely on, on, on different systems to, um, to feed their families and to do all of that. Um, but I also feel like that type of system can make a lot of people on the outside feel like they're not measuring up to the level of influence or degree of influence that the majors are able to provide to their artists and being inside of that a lot, um, I don't think that that's true. I think that everybody has a voice and a creative voice that that they can use and share to to create a ripple effect in their in their ponds, however small or big that they are. And so, um, my good friend Joel Russo, that plays uh, in the group Carrollton, he 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 agrees, and we've both had a lot of experience down here in Nashville, you know, with our production side or songwriting side, or just within creative community. And so we were like, hey, I think we've got some some seasoning and we've got some 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 uh, experience behind us where we can go ahead and create a resource for people that would be interactive and live because we'll do it right through the old Bear Records Facebook um, page. So it'll be on Facebook Live and then we'll upload it to YouTube afterwards. But it'll allow people to go on and ask us questions and ask the panel that we invite of people that might be here in Nashville, um, but also uh, invite our old bear roster on so we can talk about specific releases and talk about like, um, like for example, you know, we really want to do an episode with Ed, you know, and, and be able to invite some of the people that we know in community here in Nashville that can maybe talk about not only his, his release and the beauty of the compositions and, 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 and what he did and achieved in that recording and how Chris produced it and all the interesting features that, that were done on it. But also talk about, you know, Ed's a guy who struggles with with with, with a, uh, a mental illness, and and there's other people that we know in Nashville that that have had to overcome the stigmas of mental illness to do ministry. But we want to encourage people that might have mental illness or have some sort of thing that they feel disadvantaged, that there's ways to overcome that, and that there's community that exists beyond 
beyond themselves that can help encourage them to still get out there and share what God has laid upon their heart to do. And, and, and whatever degree of influence God wants to bless that with, it doesn't make it more or less significant. It's very significant because it has the power to reach at least one other person. You know, and, and I think the inspiration of that is from Mordecai Ham going out and doing crusades and that he was faithful with the ministry that God gave to him. And when Mordecai Ham came to that town in, in, in North Carolina, he preached a message that, that Billy Graham came forward and gave his life to Christ. And then he went and he took the message of the gospel into the world. And many people were, were, were profoundly influenced. And his ministry created a ripple effect in so many other lives. So it's just this like continued synergistic uh, opportunity that we have to do in the Lord's work. And we just want to be encouragers and cheerleaders to people and provide them with like real interesting content to inspire them to do it. Awesome. Well, that's great. Yeah. We're really excited about this, uh, Facebook live. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see it, man. That'd be kind of fun. So it's going to be called the ripple effect. So we'll, we'll kind of keep people posted on that as well. Um, so yeah, just another thing we're trying to do. So we've been, we've been starting to ask people that come on the show to tell us something that has nothing to do with old bear or your music an organization or, um, individual or anything that sort of has influenced you and that you would like to take a second to use your platform to, um, you know, talk about. Sure. Well, I've been, I've been really have been, uh, getting, getting involved with a, a church plant here in Nashville, uh, called bridges, Nashville. And, uh, it's a church plant that's been planted by a good friend of mine, uh, named Curtis parks. And, um, it's been really interesting to see a church plant and, and their approach to it. I've never been involved with a church plant, um, but to see the heart behind it and, and it being, you know, in, a, in an area like uh, Nashville or any major city that where there's a new church coming in, um, you know, I, it's, it's really refreshing to see the attitude behind it be something of, 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 of it being a complementary work to what, what kind of work is already happening on behalf of the Lord here in Nashville already. So it's not like a competing church. It's more of like an urban, um, an urban outreach and, and has a strong emphasis on, um, songs, hymns, spiritual songs and teaching theology and, uh, and having biblical accuracy being taught through songs, you know, cause when you think about like, I mean, I guess even when I was, a was not in relationship with Christ, uh, in my life, I remembered a few Catholic masses that I'd been to, and I, I, I could recall songs that I'd learned in just being a few Catholic masses that at least allowed me to become more acquainted with the things of God. And so it's a very interesting new way of, of, of doing church, and uh, it's happening. Uh, it's launching in September, and they're meeting at a, at a place called The Listening Room, and it's one of the like, premier songwriter round uh, venues. But but uh, God has willed it that they're going to be able to meet there and um, and and do church there on Sunday mornings. And I guess the reason I'm probably plugging it is because I've been just influenced in my faith, you know, by by the ministry and by the people that have been involved. And it's it's um, it's been an incredible support. Um, it's been a, a, a means by which I've grown deeper in my relationship with the Lord and. 
I'm just grateful for, for what they're doing and look forward to seeing what, what God's going to do through their ministry in the years to come. Awesome. So we'll put uh, Bridges' website in the show notes. Uh, if you want to hear or you know check it out more for yourself, you can just head on over to um, oldbearrecords.com, click on the Baritone tab at the top, and uh, find Ian Zumbach's episode, and we'll have a link to uh, Bridges, so that if you maybe are in the Nashville area or you want to you know just find out and check out what they're doing, you can. You can find out all that information there. So. Until you get up to heaven to hear the Savior say of how you entertain the angels you met along the way. What you said about um, Radiohead is true in the sense of, of the table as well. I think it's experimental. It breaks ground um, in a, so many different ways, but it's still accessible. And so I like that you said that, experimental but still accessible. And I think you have achieved that in the table. And so I just encourage all of our, our people to take a listen if you haven't or, or go back and revisit it. and. Um, you know, we'd love to hear what you think about the record. So, you know, feel free to um, email at us at, you know, at baritonepodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think about the table and, um, and about this show. And uh, we just, we're proud of you, buddy. Thanks for taking some time yeah. and, and, uh, and sitting with us and just kind of sharing your heart. Um, you guys, yes, thanks. Thanks yeah, for having me just on. Glad to know you. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, appreciate you, man. You guys, you guys are good. Good, my peeps. Yeah, I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you for listening to Baritone Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a review on iTunes. That's super helpful for us. If you have any questions about the show or just want to get in touch with us, you can always email us at baritonepodcast at gmail.com. This show is produced by Anthony Hoisington and me, Lucas Iverson. Thank you to Sarah Bridgman for creating the artwork for this show. And thank you again to Ian for sitting down and chatting with us. On the next episode of Baritone Podcast, we have Chris Hoisington join us. Chris is a producer, and he's been involved in a lot of the projects at Old Bear. He's a super interesting guy, so keep an eye out for that episode. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>